This is The Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining Greg and I today for The Real Magic Design Podcast, where we try to unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing designs and work together to make design that is profitable. I am Alan from Pixel Partners HQ, and here is my co-host, Greg from Studio One Design. With <laughs> the big build-up, yeah, I've got to ramp, I've got to ramp it up for you, Greg. <laughs> it's only little old me. How are you, buddy? But I'm good. I'm good. I uh, just spent a couple of weeks in sunny Hawaii. Nice with the family. Uh, still working a little bit, but that's okay. That's the joy of what we do, isn't it, Greg? Is that you know, as long as we've got an internet connection and some sort of smart device, then we can work from wherever we want to work. Very true, very true. And I did the same thing. I went down to Torquay and took a week off there. School holiday is where we are. Good to have a break, man. It is, it is. It's it's kind of funny, actually, because I see this free Wi-Fi on Waikiki Beach, right? But you know when you've got to log into those free Wi-Fis and it gives you the, the little message that says, you know, you get an hour free or whatever it is? You know, it, it actually says, you know, you get an hour free, but we really don't know why you would want to be on your Wi-Fi while you're on the beach. Ah, I love that. <laughs> and I kind of looked at it and went, oh, that is true. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. But like you said, you know, does like having a business that you can run from any, anywhere in the world does give you the opportunity to, to work from ever. So why not? You know, like, okay, you might be on a family holiday, but if it means you can, you know, spend 10 minutes a day just checking in on how your business is going, then that's not bad, is it? Versus you know, the business going haywire if you're not there, for instance. Yeah, and I mean, the reality is is that I can completely disconnect if I want to. Yeah. Right? And it's it's a choice. And I have done a number of times over the last few years where I've been away and I haven't been connected and the business still runs itself. Mm-hmm. As you know, we're going through a few changes. We're launching a new uh, product, a couple of new product offerings, and it's a busy time. So I just wanted to be there to answer questions if, if needed. Yeah, fair enough, dude. Cool. All right, listener, we have got an exciting episode. Today, it's on a topic that we're quite new to <laughs> because it's quite new in general, and we're talking about AI. So, AI is artificial intelligence and how it's reshaping design. Geez, when you put AI in there, I thought we were talking about Adobe Illustrator, and I thought, oh, I know that, that's easy. <laughs> exactly, that's what most designers would think, and uh, yeah, that's what I would think as well. And now, all of a sudden, I've got to think about it differently. So, <laughs> AI, man, what is it? Man, look, I actually think that this this episode is going to be a bit of a, a mush of technologies. I mean, we've sort of started the topic with artificial intelligence and what that means for design and designers and things like that. But I think there's a whole bunch of tech. I mean, you and I, just before we hit record, we were talking about augmented reality and virtual reality and, and designing for things like that. So I think that there's, there's two sides. There's emerging technology. And then there's the smarts behind the emerging technology, you know, where, you know, design starts to predict the actions of the user or the consumer. Mm. And we have to think about all those different avenues that people could take and design around those things. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the way I see it is it's like a, a tool these days which can aid designers as opposed to it being, uh, you know, taken over as a designer's role. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of chatter about, you know, some 
startups that are actually talking about design by AI, you know, algorithm-based design where you don't design anything, you let the system design it for you and and it all just sort of comes together. And, you know, some designers are... Uh, fearful of that others are well you know that's all good and fine and it has its place Um, I I don't think design will ever be taken over by artificial intelligence Uh, look I think it will for for a certain level of design but you know talking about custom high level brand personality I think it's impossible at this point. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I, I think artificial intelligence will just become another assistant, another quiver in the bow for great designers. Yeah. You know, it, it's and, and it will supplement businesses that maybe can't afford a high-level designer and want to get started, just like, you know, a lot of the outsourcing sites do today. You know, actually, they're the ones that are probably going to hurt more than you know, a full-time professional high-quality designer because people will go and use the AI versus, you know, posting a job on Fiverr, for example, for for that kind of work. That's right. And so just one example of that is um, Squarespace. So they've got, you know, for $10, you can get an AI to design your logo, which is clever in theory. However, to me, there's, and I I did use it just to see what it was all about. It's simply just grabbing a pre-designed icon from a library and then pairing it with, you know, a cool font and, and maybe your tagline in a different font, that sort of thing. But it's not, it's not handcrafting, you know, an an icon or or an illustration from scratch, from what I can tell. Yeah, that's right. And it'll serve its purpose. You can bung a job on Fiverr for a logo or you can go there, yeah. right? If you're getting started and you don't have the hundreds or thousands of dollars that it might cost you to get a, a custom design and minimum viable product, product, that's fine, you know? And before designers start saying, oh, look, you know, we can't, um, we can't have all this artificial intelligence taking over design and doing, you know, what we do, you know, it's been around. You know, for for those of us who are professionals, if you look at things like Photoshop and content-aware film, mm-hmm. I mean, we used to spend hours cloning and reconstructing, and now we can drag the marquee tool and content-aware fill and bang, you know, the the extra person in the back of the photo is is gone, you know. Exactly. And they've got a new version of that. I don't know if it's out yet, but it's a content-aware crop fill tool. So it'll actually, let's say you've got a, a photo and it's slightly tilted, right? It'll tilt it so that the horizon's completely level and then it will not just crop the image to, be, to end up being smaller, it'll content-aware fill the outer corners so it ends up being larger than what it was yeah nice which we manually do now with yeah content aware scale yep which we used to do manually by cutting up and copying layers and blending and you know it, it's it's part of the evolution of, of technology you know i mean i know this is going to sound silly but even things like you know in indesign and illustrator where you know your alignments and your spacing automatically snap and show you that yeah. you've got equal spacing i mean we used to have to rule little boxes at a certain size and use those as spaces before we had you know all the automated tools that 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 do it today so yeah they're just they're just getting smarter though and like 
and another couple of examples on that sorry to cut you off dude but just excited about this because there's things now like autocomplete hand-drawn animations <laughs> i mean how cool is that so you start an animation and then it'll autocomplete that style for you know for the animation side side of things another one was stylit s-t-y-l-i-t which is a research project from the department of computer graphics of interaction at the czech tech uni <laughs> in prague and adobe research that combines traditional analog drawing with a 3D modeling animation. So basically you can take, you can render a sphere for instance in whatever style you want, then it'll take the characteristics of that render and turn it into any 3D shape that you want it to. That is pretty cool. Isn't it? So that's that's what I mean by using these AIs as a tool as opposed to seeing them as a threat. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, things like Style choices can be made easier with the the color tools in the Adobe applications these days. And there's no reason mm. why those things can't be applied to some kind of online AI. Let's say you need a set of Google Display ads, right? Yep. Uh, you load a photo, you load your logo, you load the text, and then it uses those same smarts yes. to create a color scheme that works, position the photo. And you know, is it going to have the same care and thought as a designer doing it no no right but will it maybe serve a purpose yeah why not you know absolutely and that's a really good example of user you, you just yeah it, you let it decide on you know you up, upload your your important elements like the copy etc and it will design based around that but then it will decide what to put for all the different um sizes of that same ad it's really powerful it can usually do a better and obviously much quicker result than you could ever possibly do yeah look i, I think at the end of the day what we need to think about as designers is is this a threat or is this just another tool? Is this just a shift in the market? So, you know, graphic designers, you know, I hear it all the time. Our print design is dead. I'm moving to web, right? Yet we still do a ton of print design for retail, you know, mm -hmm. because not everything is digital. You can't, you don't have a digital piece of packaging. Exactly. So there's still, it's just a change in the market and you've got to find where you fit. And I, I think with, artificial intelligence the next big thing that's going to come with that is the ability to create environments predictive environments right now whether it's a website that offers you up content that is relevant to you based on your actions um, without it being programmed i mean people are doing this now i mean you and i just went to super fast business live and uh, Ryan showed how he showed different videos depending on where that person fell in their sales funnel. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And, and what was it, about 90% of the video was the same, but they had edited in 10 or 15% of unique content to that particular segment. Right, but he has to. Yeah, he has to manually do all this stuff. So he has to tag people, and then he has to make sure they go to the right URL and get the correct emails. So all this is being done not by an artificial intelligence but by a, a person programming it, right? So that's the future is if you look at the market leaders and what they're doing with, with regards to automating things to be relevant to the customer, AI will be able to do that once it gathers enough data to, to mimic it. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. So it's giving you a more personalised experience based on the data that it collects. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I'm sure that's how they developed things like the um, content-aware fill, for example, in, in Photoshop, is that yeah. 
Adobe asked the users, can we have permission to collect data from your usage? Anonymous data. And they saw that everybody was using the clone tool and stamping and blending. And then they yeah. just collected enough data to give a computer the ability to mimic what people were doing by hand. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. And, you know, the web itself, it is a, an ever-changing place. And, you know, to me, the next step is to have more artificial intelligence built into, you know, every, you know, every type of experience, whether it's web or interacting with general consumer products, for instance. I mean, there's this new thing called the Internet of Things, which is essentially like a global invisible network of, you know, a computing environment built through sensors and cameras and software and databases and, you know, massive data centers in a, you know, in a, a world span and information hub that collects all this information and will basically put it into all of our consumer products to make it a more personalized experience. And like to give an example for some consumer products out there, not consumer, I should say, just general everyday products like your fridge, that will know when you're running low on milk and eggs and dairy and all that sort of stuff. And then it can automatically add those items to your shopping list that then, you know, would get delivered to your week, uh, to your door each week. And you never have to actually write a shopping list or take stock, you know what I mean? So that that's pretty powerful. And that would all happen through you know ai I, I agree with you you know at the moment they call them algorithms right like yeah google has its magical algorithms to serve up relevant uh, uh, results right yep. facebook has algorithm rhythms for your for your facebook feed is that artificial intelligence i don't think so like it is just an equation right and it gets it wrong and it gets it wrong because it is a rigid equation whereas an artificial intelligence is making decisions actual choices based on the information it has on on hand so i think you know these that thing you're talking about the internet of things you know that that yeah. relates to big data it relates to the ability to collect huge volumes of information and not only collect it, but actually do something with it, right? So it's the same as the fraud protection at the, at the banks, right? Where if I use my card in an unusual way, my, my Visa card or my MasterCard or my Amex, I can get a phone call from the bank at that moment when I'm swiping my card saying, we've noticed an unusual transaction on your account. Can you confirm that this is you making the transaction? Yeah. Right? Um, now... That data has been collected for a long, long time, but it's only recently that they've been able to turn it into something functional and usable that has smarts, that makes decisions based on what's actually happening. And, and I think that's the transition for design, right, is how do we design with predicting the actions of the consumer in the design, right? Now, I think that'll probably be pioneered in, in web or, or via the web uh, or some sort of digital format because, you know, it's, it's hard to customise a brochure or a piece of packaging on the fly based on what consumers are doing, right? However, mm. imagine if... And, and this is where it gets really, really interesting because I, I went to a conference earlier uh, in the year that was talking about the future of 3D and products being made on demand and being modified as feedback comes in. So imagine if, um, I don't know, a, a big pharmaceutical company, right, you know, launches a new range of headache medicine, okay, and mm. they have stock on the shelves and they put out three different versions and the, imagine if the packaging wasn't being printed in bulk 
and a designer had to predict what the consumer was going to do and depending on the area that it's being sold the main demographic of that particular uh, drugstore or pharmacy store the packaging was printed on demand with the right information and color scheme for that particular market and everybody was mm. getting something that was unique to, to that area's consumers yeah that would be amazing <laughs> but that's where we're going i mean you know if you look at traditional offset you can now do a2 digital prints and it won't be long before it's cheap enough that you know if you're a retail outlet getting various versions of things will be will be easy enough yeah most definitely but yeah so and to me like i think as a designer you want to use that information to be able to design something that's going to be more personal and give the user a better experience right so you know when you sort of compare that to ai in let's say a website builder right like the grid that we mentioned on previous episode the grid.io check it out because it's pretty interesting but yeah it just uses algorithm design you know based on the information that you input and it's really just going to spit out a pre-done template that's customized to to you or to your business essentially so to me that's not like it's not revolutionally in the sense that it's going to give you a better result it's just going to give you a customized version of a template where if you compare that to a website designer or a designer in general that can compete with that what they should be doing would be putting more effort into that brand personality to give that uh, business or that website a, a, a unique custom look and feel that a template couldn't possibly create you know from from an ai perspective yeah and look you know c keep up with the tech look at things like virtual reality augmented reality uh, i mean these things are out in the market today i think i mentioned on a previous episode you know if you get the the lego catalog and the app you can hold the ipad over the catalog and the models that are on the page will build. So you'll see all the bricks come together and then it will drive around or fly around or do whatever that particular model is, is able to do, you know. Cool. I think it's a matter of time before things like Google Maps and Street View becomes more virtual reality or 3D enhanced. I mean, you can use Street View now in VR mode if you've got a set of VR goggles, but I mean, it's. Yep. I think it's just a matter of time before these things become less cumbersome and easier to use and maybe don't require you strapping on this ice cream container looking thing to your head to be able to yeah, to use exactly. it you know true and yeah that's virtual reality and then yeah augmented reality is also the next level where you know you're blending the real world with virtual reality and so essentially it might just be a contact lens in the future you know what i mean so you get all this information from uh, from the web for instance that gets projected into vision in front of you it might be projected onto a wall or an object but it comes through your your contact lens for instance yeah so i mean i mean technology is just moving so ridiculously fast i mean I, I use street view as an example only because it's one of the products that we've recently launched which is pxp 360 which is a google trusted photographer service here in australia it's not not worldwide for for our overseas list, listeners or at least not at the moment but um you know this is not new there's been google trusted photographers around for for a very long time but it's a really interesting platform in australia we're only really starting to use 
the full capacity of Street View sort of recently, the last couple of years, and now businesses are getting on board. They want their own 360 walkthrough photos. You know, here in Australia, Google's still only doing the street part of it, but you can walk into a business and you can see the retail environment or the office or, you know, the medical practice or whatever it is before you arrive and get a an intimate feel. That's powerful. Yeah, and, and I think what's going to happen with things like Street View is, you know, it's going to take you to where you want to go. That's where the AI comes in. At the moment, I've got to do a lot of clicking on the screen to move up and down the street and look in. But, you know, if you've mm. just done a Google search for a particular medical practice, you know, maybe it will walk you in and and give you the relevant information, you know. So Google Glasses is trying to make it so that, you know, you can look at something and then get, you know, information about the pricing and the product, you know. Exactly. Google yeah. Street View is trying to make it so that you can walk through a supermarket or a retail outlet. Say you need a new TV, right? You can walk through the retail store, click on the TV, get the pricing, you know, pay for it, order it and have it shipped to you without having to go necessarily into that retail environment. And Exactly. Um, and I think that's a, that's a great thing for traditional businesses you know i having launched this new pxp 360 product i've realized that as much as google is so web focused they're really trying to connect consumers back to the community consumers back to traditional businesses you know mm, traditional nice. retail is not dead it just needs to keep up with technology it needs to take advantage of these things and i think artificial intelligence will help that in the near future because it will be able to predict what people want not every web user wants to buy something online yeah most definitely yeah they want that personalized experience and yeah more of a an augmented experience where it's online and offline all in one yeah definitely definitely yeah cool and so what that means for a, a web designer for instance you know if you're like this new thing called vr web which is you know like a platform where web designers can turn a 2d site into basically a 3d site there's a, a site called mozilla vr and they're the people that are creating you know, or one of the people that are creating the platform to allow designers to be able to, you know, design websites for a 3D environment. And apparently from everything that I've reviewed, it seems pretty damn easy. It's taken out a lot of the tech stuff. So it just lets designers, you know, be creative in, in a 3D space instead of a 2D space. Are we going to like a matrix type web, do you think? Yeah, possibly. <laughs> I don't know, but things are changing quickly, and that was the purpose of wanting to do this episode. Yeah, do you remember the old 80s films that depicted, you know, this these digital realities as flying through columns of data and all this sort of stuff, <laughs> yeah. you know? Zeros and ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it always... Remember they tried to take the zeros and ones and turn them into sort of a 3D environment? 3D, and, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and I think... We're headed in that direction, you know. I think that over time, things like the search engines will no longer be lists of text. It will be more of a, well, well let's build you a, a virtual reality, you know, strip mall of, of uh, I don't know if the US mm. has that, yeah, that, that name, strip mall, but, you know, like a, you know, your old school set of shops, you know, that is custom built to you and you can then walk around and browse and, and talk to 
to, to people, artificial intelligence people, and get the information you need instead of having to read it. You'll be able to ask questions and get responsive answers. I think that's where the web is going. And, and you know, if you're a designer in today's market, you want to be keeping up with those things and, and seeing how you take your 2D flat websites and start incorporating those unique techniques thinking of the future so you're ahead of the curve yeah most definitely and just another one of those uh, ai techniques that i think is really really interesting you can create a logo that will uh, respond to sound essentially so imagine a logo that when it hears a noise it pulses or it expands or it you know moves in a certain way that is just essentially responding to to sound so obviously you can't do that on print but on a website that could be pretty cool yeah absolutely and it might be the call to action button for instance as well that just pulses when you talk well, look, you know, it's funny because you say we can't do that in print, but I think that the way technology is going, you know, we, we may very well have things like digital paper in the near future, you know, like a disposable, fully digital piece of paper that doesn't require ink and maybe can project images and things like that. I mean, I don't... Oh, wow. I don't think we're that far away from this type of technology. Now, whether it's in our lifetime or not, but the speed with which technology is changing is just crazy. I mean, if you look at... What was your first laptop, Greg? Uh, some... Jeez, mm, I can't remember the brand. Piece of crap. It was a PC. Oh, you, That's what you I mean, poor piece of crap. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had a one of the original Apple laptops. Didn't even have a color screen. It wasn't one of those old green screens. It was the black and white digital screen. You know, it had wow. eight megabytes of hard drive. Nice. Not gigabytes right? Megabytes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was a brick. And you look today and I've got more power in probably running just the screen of my iPhone, right? Mm -hmm. Than 50 of those laptops. And in, that's yeah. in less than 20 years. So that's right. You know, I, I think that this whole idea of big data and artificial intelligence and, you know, design that is unique to the customer experience and, and all this sort of stuff is, is, is a huge emerging trend. Keep an eye on it. Watch what's happening. Learn the tools. And, and that's the future, I think, for for design. And again, for those listening, if you're in mine and Greg's age group, we may have well and truly retired before a lot of this stuff comes in, but we need pioneers as well. You know, we need people like Greg who's who's designing websites daily to start incorporating these techniques so that it, it comes to market and people learn it and use it. Yeah, most definitely. And that was really, you know, where I was leading to with my killer tip. Just think about how fast the world's changed in the last 20 years and and then compare that to the last 10 and the last five and last two and last one really what it's telling us is that the technological advancements are on an exponential growth curve that pretty much double each year with their the power so ai it's really we're at the start of it now but it's going to you know significantly grow at a pace that will be left behind if we don't embrace it yeah and don't fear technology don't fear these smart tools i mean yeah Photographers freaked out when digital came out. They thought they'd all be out of a job. There's still plenty of professional photographers. Um, and the tech that's in my professional digital camera body today is miles ahead of what it was even 10 years ago. So embrace it, learn it. It's moving fast, so keep up. It's, it's not like it was for our parents' generation where things were moving slowly. You know, it's, 
it's rapid and you've got to stay in tune with what's happening in the world. You got it, man. Well said. Awesome, buddy. Well, we might leave it there. So um, thank you for listening. Thanks, listener. We'll catch you on the next episode. We'd love a review on iTunes and comments below this episode on our website. Thanks, listener. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to The Real Magic Podcast. Hear more at therealmagic.com.